I'm Carrie Ann. And I'm Allison. And this is Podcast Without an Audience, where two friends pick two topics and find intersectionality. We are a psychology and history podcast. Each Thursday, we find intersectionality between our topics. Or not. <laughs> you can find us on social media at Pod Without an Odd, or join us on the web at podcastwithoutanaudience.com. Join us in discovering what connects us all. And if you support us, blink twice. And if you're out there, keep listening. Pizza, your platform for creatives. And today we have the one and only Marley Soden here. What's up, Marley? Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. You know, um, I'm so happy for Jen because I wouldn't know you. <laughs> Hi, Jen. Jen. Thanks for uh, making the introduction. <laughs> I love that. I think you needed, some, was it from headshots or something like that? Is that how we initially met? Yeah, I was looking for a photographer to do headshots for my website. Yes. So I could have a professional looking website. Yes. And I put out a call on my Instagram stories and I said, Does anybody know any photographers? Jen Hasty made it made her way into my DMs and said, I have just the guy. <laughs> Yo, and here we are. And since then, you have done amazing things. You've been with some homies and um, local businesses around here doing all sorts of things. And you're a professional hand letter by trade, but obviously, you're going on to do other things as well. Yeah. Which is so badass. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about that in this interview for sure. Um, but yeah, so start, start off, uh, well, where are you from? Like, uh, what got you into the arts? Um, I consider myself from Greensboro. I'm initially from Georgia, but I've grown oh, up here most part? of my life. Atlanta. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've lived here for most of my life, so I went to high school here. I went to college here. I've stayed around. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you went to UNCG, obviously. Yeah. And you went to UNCG too, right? I did. Okay. So what year were you? Um, what, what year did you graduate? Uh, 14. Okay. So you were two years ahead of me. So I remember really? we've talked about this before. Like, we somehow share almost all of the same friends, and, like, we know all the same people. <laughs> yeah, and do. we just have never run into each other, and I think that is fascinating. I don't know how. I don't it's even... Crazy. It's crazy. It, I don't even remember, like, seeing you or anything like that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because I feel like the arts program was so small that even if you didn't know everybody, like, you saw everybody every day. And right. you would recognize people. I don't remember seeing you at all. Like, I right. don't know how we missed each other. Yeah, you know, I was indirectly in arts. I didn't study art in school. Oh. Yeah, I knew of, I knew a lot of artists and I dated some artists, so I was always in that circle of people. Okay. But, yeah, I was never in the, in the, in the, the school of arts at UNCG. Okay. You know, but yeah, I was, just, I was, because I was a photographer, I would say when I didn't even see G, so I was always in there just hanging out with people, but yeah, yeah that's probably why you didn't see me often, because I was only there, like, just hanging out. Did you take photography classes? No. Really? No. Wow, okay. <laughs> Wait, what did you do? I did IT in school. <gasps> I don't think I knew that. <laughs> no one knows that. <laughs> that's fascinating. So do you consider yourself more of a, um, like a right-brained thinker or a left-brained thinker? Like the creative versus the... It's definitely more creative. Yeah. I studied because I did a major in IT and I did... I was a classics minor, uh, a media minor, and a business minor. Mm. Um, I do more than media. 
obviously working with Jane with the magazine and doing photo stuff there. So I was kind of doing photo stuff with that, but yeah. I was more studying history with media than doing creative stuff. But I'm definitely more right brain. Right brain is creative brain, creative side, right? I don't know. Right brain creative. I think it is right brain. I have no clue. If you know, just this, 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 just tell me if you're listening to this. But yeah, definitely more the creative side for sure. I mean, IT is great and all, but I just have no. I love studying it, mm-hmm. but I have no desire to be in front of a computer screen all the time. Fascinating. I could never. My I, I, I just can't compute math or. <laughs> I took the closest I got was I did have to take some like uh, some web development classes. Um, yeah, you Yeah, and it was it was rough. I mean, and I did it. I did the online version of the class, and I did it over the summer. Oh my god! It was no. a five week class, and I already am not good at that kind of thing. Um, and it was I, it was also taught by art teachers, so I think that kind of helped because they understood that generally art kids don't, don't tend to about. think like in that in that way. Um, but I did learn a little bit of coding. Um, That's good. Yeah. You know. I don't, re- I don't think I retained any of it. But <laughs> you don't remember any of it? Yeah. I passed the class. Oh, my God. I just forgot everything I knew, I think. Did you grow up having, this is so off topic, but relating to code, did you grow up in like the, the Zanga MySpace world where you can like tweak your codes and stuff for those sites? Um, so I did, but I have really strict strict parents. Ooh, so I wasn't allowed gotcha. to have any of that. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I grew up around it and I, I was aware of all of it, So I, but I never really got to partake. So maybe that's why I was so bad at coding. <laughs> it's crazy thing about because back then you were like changing your backgrounds and doing yeah. things in text, and we were like in middle school. Didn't realize we were coding. You know, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Can we pause to just remember a time of MySpace where you had to publicly rank your top eight friends? Oh, yo, that caused so much tension between friends. That's one thing that I'm grateful for, that I wasn't allowed to have MySpace because I don't think my social anxiety could handle that. Because I remember it was a big thing where, like, people would confront people, like, you took me off your top eight. Like, Straight up? Yeah. The middle school drama around MySpace was, uh, it was real. You know, that was the start of really big social media was yeah. MySpace. And that was, and since then we've gone, yeah. Now everyone's like really social media driven, and people just people delete people off Instagram. It's it's kind of the same thing as adults. It's like you delete it off Instagram. It's like eh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I saw there was some like Gen Z person talking about like how they wish that on Instagram you could like put your favorite song on your profile. And so somebody was like, yeah, no, we've been there. We've done that. Yep. It's not a good idea. Yeah. Just like, Hey, just don't do it. No, yeah. don't rank it. it yeah. That, that's, that took me back in time. Like ranking. Oh my gosh. Wow. Marley. They brought back some, uh, very bad memories of very bad arguments over <laughs> top friends list. Oh, but that's a good segue though. So when you yeah. were younger, what were you, were you in the arts back then? Were your parents, you say parents were strict, but were you able to do any yeah. creative things? My parents, yeah, they were pretty strict. Um, I was always kind of an, an artistic kid, like a creative kid, I'll say, but mm-hmm. it was just kind of like I liked to draw. Like, I, I don't think I was ever, you know, in elementary school, there was always that kid in the class who was like the best at drawing. Like, they were so good and everybody was so, I was not that kid. You know what I mean? I, I just liked it and I had fun doing it. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I don't think I ever really considered um, doing art as a career. And even in high school, I went to a performing arts high school. Really? So, yeah, I went to Weaver in downtown Greensboro. Yes. We talked about this before. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I was not an art kid. I was a music production kid. What? Yeah. Can Molly play an instrument? I can, yeah. I play piano and guitar. Let's go. Yeah. And it was it was a lot of fun. And that was what I really thought I wanted to do. And the thing is that over the four years 
that I was there, I realized um, I just, it's not that I wasn't good. I was okay. I wasn't the best. Again, I was never the best. But I didn't have the passion that clearly all the other kids Uh, had. They were all very serious about it. And they, especially in like junior and senior year, they were all very interested in pursuing it and going to college for it. And a lot of them did. Mm -hmm. And I just realized I didn't have the drive for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that going into college, what did you pursue then at first? So at first I was in school for... um, Media studies. Ah, see, I was there. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was there. That's right. Okay, yeah. so we have talked about this, and again, we didn't know each other. Yeah, we that's just, what was my matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to write for TV shows. Um, oh, really? Yeah, that's awesome. I and, and still, I think if I weren't doing what I am doing now, I wish I could go back and pursue that. I think that that would be really cool. Yeah, because um, I'm still very, very interested in like pop culture and just TV shows and movies in general. Um, but I, I quit after the first semester because they had really? us take that um, film history class. Did you take that? I took both of them. Yeah, I took the first one. And it was a three-hour class. And it yes, was it was. so boring. <laughs> yes, Unbelievably it was. boring. And I, now, in hindsight, I realize that they probably do that to like weed out kids, you know, the weak ones. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. was, I was weak, apparently. Um, Not at all. But it was a very boring. I took both of them. Very boring. Very yeah. boring. It was very boring. It was a mandatory class. You, you couldn't skip more than two days or something like that. Yes. And then the tests were extremely hard. Who'd you... You afraid of Donaldson? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I remember there was like probably like 150 kids in the class. It was mm-hmm. one of those huge classes. Big auditorium classes. And he would take attendance so seriously. He mm-hmm. would take, like, go, go down line by line and call out everybody's names. And I swear to God, the first 45 minutes of the class was just taking attendance. That's all it was. Yeah. You had to be there every fucking day. Yeah. And I'm just, I, in general, I'm some, I am a bad artist because I also don't care about art history. I don't care about film history. And it makes me maybe a bad artist. But, um, yeah, I just, I'm not a big history buff in general. So I just was not appreciating the film in that film history class. Yo, good time. That More memories. Yes, I remember all those classes. Yeah. So anyway, I quit that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so you were there, and then did you have a... Obviously, you weren't doing as much art then. Were you, were you doing any drawing or illustrating? That's the thing. I wasn't really. Like, yeah. I, I wasn't actively, like, creating art. And in, it's hard to explain. Like, I think maybe I would, you know, you doodle in your notebooks and stuff. Yeah. And that was just kind of my outlet. But I wasn't considering it, like, doing art. You know what I mean? Wow. It was just kind of doodling. And then I remember, I, like, vividly remember it, like, changing my major. I was at my parents' house. And I was just kind of sitting there on my computer. And I was like, okay, I've got to change my major. I'm not going to make it in this media studies <laughs> yeah. uh, major. And I kind of started toying around with the idea of doing art. And... Like, I remember thinking, like, but I'm not an artist. I mean, um, like, I, I draw, but, like, I'm not an artist. Because, you know, like, and I think a lot of times some people still think like this, where, like, when you think of an artist, you think of, like, this starving artist in New York City who, like, yes. makes these fine art paintings or sculptures or what. Like, they have a very specific idea of what an artist is. And I was like, well, that's not me. <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> yeah. And then I just kind of, I was like, well, you know, screw it. And I did it on an impulse. And so that's how I changed my major. And then it was a very, like, I remember it was a culture shock kind of going into the art major world because I, like, I remember we would always, in every class, we would get 
an assignment where we had to keep a journal for the entire semester and we had to draw in it every single day. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, I have to draw every, every single day? day? Uh, like, that is so hard. That sounds terrible. Yeah. And I remember, like, they would be like, I would go, like, weeks without doing it. And then, like, <laughs> at the end of the semester, I would, like, quickly draw. And, like, it just, like, it <laughs> felt like I was, like, I was not in the right place. And it took me a long time to really, like come to terms with what it was that an artist was and I think it just took time to kind of be in that culture you know what I mean there was definitely a little bit of a culture going on in that art building and um and I I didn't really realize it until later in my senior year um I was in it was a drawing class or something and there was one kid who was taking it as um like an elective class Mm -hmm. so he was I don't know a math student or something and we got one of those journal assignments and the kid had so many questions he was like but what do we draw and the professor was like, oh, I mean, just whatever. And he was like, no, but like, uh, how many pages? Like, And he's like, the professor's like, no, it's, it's up to you. Oh, my like, God, yeah. yeah. And it, it, that's when it made me realize like how far I had come because when I started in that major, I was that kid who was like, what are the rules? How do we do this? You know? Yeah. And then, yeah, it kind of just changes you. It takes a while to kind of rewire, rewire your brain to, to just think a little bit more open-mindedly and a little more abstractly. Yeah, absolutely. And he yeah. said this was, that was high school? That was college. That was, that was Sorry, in college. I yeah, yeah. Ahead. yeah. Yeah, my bad. No, I was trying to, like, he said elected. I was like, I don't think that's how it's college. Yeah, that's how it's college. Yeah. And um, so from there, did you, I mean, obviously you went through the UNCG School of Arts. So mm-hmm. you were going sculpting, you were doing life drawing, all that stuff. Yeah. How was that? It was good. It was, um, yeah, I, I did all the foundations and I think that really helped me. I, I mean, I would recommend I'm pretty sure every school does this, but if they don't, I would recommend they do it because there are still so many of those skills that, like, even though they weren't part of my concentration, they come in handy so much these days. Like, I took a lot of animation classes and um, some film photography, just things like that. Yeah. And even if it's, like, even if you don't use that specific skill, it helps, one, it helps develop your eye. You know what I mean? It helps you yes. just understand how to speak the language. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like... The amount of times where I've been working on a project and, you know, suddenly someone was like, oh, hey, it would be really cool if we animated this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I can do that. You know what I mean? Like, you just kind of figure like it out. Yeah. 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 Like, I use random skills like that all the time. Or, like, even now, like, I'll get hired to, um, like... I, for, for example, I've been working a lot with Michaels recently and they'll send me Sick. some like products like clay and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, cool. So I get to make something. And so like all of a sudden those sculpting skills are kind of coming in handy now. Things yeah. that I never thought I would be really using in my real life, but yeah. they are. I love that because, you know, a lot of people, you know, you were kids in those classes, usually in high school, like, why are we learning this? This is not really relevant, blah, blah, blah. And then years later, you're like, man, I'm happy that I knew that history, I knew that sculpting, I knew yeah. that photography, I knew how to do animations. You know, it it comes in handy when you least expect it. Yeah, it was for just sure. super dope. For sure. God, I forgot about the history classes, the art history classes. Yeah. Oh, that... I heard those were intense <sighs> at UNCG, right? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I again, like maybe I'm a bad artist. I just have never cared about art history, and I have a lot of maybe I. I think if I really tried and, like, I really put myself, like, if I really took the time to do, like, a one-on-one with a professor, maybe I could learn. But, like, I always have trouble seeing what the, what clearly other people are seeing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And because of that, I don't think I really appreciate it as much <laughs> as other people do. But, yeah, the art, the art history classes were um, brutal. They were, no minutes were, right? 
They were what? They were man- mandatory. You had to take those. Yeah. Were there one or two? Um, I had to take a bunch. Um, oh, those are okay. There was a handful. Yeah. Wow. I had to take at least like two a year. So, a year? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and they were you. You kind of got to curate what you wanted to take, but generally it was like you, each class would be a specific era in time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So you, I mean, we really did kind of deep dive into a lot of stuff. Um. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I keep hearing that the professors there were like, you, I mean, there's no point in you having any other majors or anything because you're about to be in this, you know, studio times are crazy and yeah. projects are wild and all that. So was it pretty intense for you as far as be pulling all-nighters in the studios and all that? I was never one of the all-nighter kids. Um, again, I, we talked about this earlier. I'm very isolated, so I like, yeah. to, <laughs> so I like to hang out by myself. So whenever possible, I would work from my apartment or my studio or whatever. Just kind of away from everybody. But yeah, we did have those, like every class was three, hour, three hours long. Mm, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, just even just cl- in, in class time alone, you were in, in at school all day. Um, so yeah, there, there were people that they did prefer to work in the studio at all times so even for all their homeworks and all of their extra projects and stuff they would stay in the studio those were the kids who stayed overnight yeah and I that mean. would drive me crazy i needed to just kind of separate get yourself exactly yeah. yeah separate yourself a little bit um yeah and i it's kind of a it's it's a blur because there was so much going on so many projects and like i remember some of them i would get really into like i was heavily invested and some of them I I guess I just would decide like I don't care about this project and I would just kind of phone it in you know what I mean yeah yeah um but it's all blur now like I, even the ones that like I remember feeling really passionate about like I look back I think I still have all of most of my projects um that I did oh really yeah that's awesome and they're rough I mean they were not good I don't know why I was so <laughs> into them um but yeah even I look back at the ones that like I remember being so heavily invested in and I'm like I don't even remember what this was about. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, again, it's just it's all such a blur, just because like, yeah, you, you spend so much time there, you spend so much time working on these projects, and then all to have them critiqued and oh my never gosh. think about them again. You know what I mean? I'm gonna ask you about that actually, because I have I love hate work critiques. Uh-huh. So, what is your experience with the critiquing process? Do you, do you like it? Are you, are you getting from it? Do you think it's relevant? So. My experience, and this might be wrong, I, I can't remember if it's exactly right, but I, I think I remember being told that my, my graduating class was one of the first, either the first or the second graduating class where we had the BFA, BFA program. So before it was, mm. you would get your BA, mm-hmm. and then they developed this program where you got your BFA and you had a concentration. So... Yeah. A lot of it was experimental, and they told us that. They were like, we're still kind of figuring out how exactly this is going to work. So even down to the classes, like the classes, there wasn't really an outline for them. It was all just very experimental. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so because of that, there wasn't a lot of structure to critiques. Okay. Um, So that's one thing, like in hindsight, that I'm like, I I wish we would have been taught how to critique before we had our critiques. Because yes. and I wish they were they were more guided because I f- generally what would happen is someone would present their work and they would say a few things about it and that was another thing I, I wish I, I knew like I we were taught better like how to present our work and again maybe this is just my experience I think um, part of it I will completely 
take the blame that like maybe I wasn't taking in everything like how I should have been um but I felt like I always struggled with like learning how to present my work and how to critique because what would happen is someone would present their work and people would say a few things they liked about it and then when there were things to actually critique about it the room would get quiet yeah because no one knew how to say no one knew how to give constructive criticism right everybody everybody's thought was if they don't like something they don't know how to say yeah that sucks in a way that is helpful exactly yes yes constructive criticism i'm all about but like if you don't know how to do that it's just like i mean you always say yeah that sucks but yeah there's definitely ways to say it to where you can flip it into a way they can learn about yeah they can they can take from it you know and get better than like a yeah it sucks yeah. you know what i'm saying so right. i'd say like i'd say 90 percent of my classes in my critiques went like that where it was either just like good things that they liked about it and then the class would get quiet when it came to things that needed to be improved upon yes the other 10 percent it was either I remember there was one um, one professor who was like a wild card professor. Oh, he God. was so weird. I, 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 uh, but I remember like specifically he told me one time that he was just like I'm gonna be honest like this sucks and I was like okay like <laughs> like why or yeah you and, know what and I'm don't get me wrong I did like him because like. I don't mind when people are brutally honest like that. Yeah, it hurt my feelings at the time, and then I got over it. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that was more constructive than the quiet room of people not saying anything. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but a lot of people did not like that. Um, I remember one person in particular had a really hard time with one of his critiques and had like a big storm out thing, which, again, understandable wow. if somebody is being that brutal to you. Yeah. But that's, that's the thing. I mean... Sometimes the art world is brutal. So I, I, at the time, very true. I I didn't mind it as much. Um, and then there were also a few critiques I remember that like, I feel like this is true in every art school where there's a few like instigators, you know what I mean? Students who they want to be like the, they're, they're a little pretentious maybe and like they, they want to be like the, the know-it-all kind of person. And they would say things that were just kind of flat out rude, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I remember being at a few critiques like that. Um, but generally, it was all, I would say, good experiences. I just, like I said, I wish I was taught better how to uh, provide constructive criticism. Yeah, I, I think even if you like some artwork, I mean, I think you still have, like, well, because, like, I like this, but, you know what I'm saying? What yeah. if you did this? What if you did that? Something more, a little more helpful. Yeah, and that's something that I learned a lot later, and it, was, it wasn't until, like, I was at Pace and I was, um, like, a few years in that I really started to get the hang of, like, how to provide constructive criticism without it feeling like you're tearing their work apart. And, like, also, like, how to, again, like, how to speak the language, you know, like I, I just learning terms mm-hmm. and, and like, how do you, how do you present this? And my main thing is I like to say, what if it was this, you know, yeah. just offering a suggestion and in the term of like a what if, because that way the person can take it or leave it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, you know, uh, uh, hypothetically speaking, what if it was this? And that's kind of the, the direction I like to go in now with yeah. the critiques. I'm sure you even look at that, your own work like that. Like I did this, but you know. Kind of self criticism, like yeah. oh, okay, well, and it's very helpful when you say it like that, you know, because yeah. they're not bashing you, but I'm just, well, if you thought differently about it, you yeah, know, which is very helpful. So that's, that's exactly cool. right. Because yeah. I remember specifically, I remember like the thing, the distinction is one, like language matters. So e- even if I'm saying the same exact critique, but I phrase it as 
you should do it like this. Yeah. Then right. it becomes kind of rude. and it, You know what I mean? Kind of pointing a finger. It's yeah. Like, you need to do this like that. Yeah. Because also, I think offering the what if gives whoever you're critiquing the opportunity to say, well, here's why I did it like this. You know right. what I mean? Whereas if you say, you should do it like this, and then I think they're more likely to go on the defensive and, yeah. And that does, yeah, that, that destroys artists. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah. 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 So, I like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like you got to that point now to where you can give constructive criticism. So, that's good. Yeah. Well, you know, find, you found out everything yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Did you go into lettering then, or were you focusing on something else? Um, I was definitely doing lettering in college. And I've talked about this a little bit before. Like, I, I really don't remember a specific time where I was like... Mm, right. Letters. Letters. That's, that's for me right there. <laughs> Typography. Yeah. No, I don't remember that happening. I just remember kind of always being into it. And it wasn't until um, like two or three years ago. My mom dug out this piece of paper that she found in her attic. And it was a letter that 10-year-old Marley wrote to her future self. So I No would, way. Yeah. And so it's a whole letter and it was like, like when I get older, I hope I go to Duke University and I'm going to be, you know, I, I, I literally think I said I wanted, I'm either going to be a cook or I'm going to be in a band. Um, I didn't, neither of those things. Um, but then at the bottom, the point of the story, at the bottom um, is a big hand-lettered thing and it says 10 years later because I was supposed to read it in 10 years. Um, yeah, and it was a big, like it was all like hand-lettered and I could, like really... Pretty well done for a 10-year-old, I would like to say. Ooh, <laughs> um, I like that. So, yeah, I think it's I, it's always kind of just been in my brain, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I've always been drawn to letters for whatever reason. And um, That's awesome. Yeah, it wasn't until, I'd say, yeah, sometime in college, I guess when Pinterest started really coming, like... Yes, shout out to Pinterest. Yeah, it, I remember those yeah. days. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you remember, like, when it really started becoming a thing? Mm-hmm. And, like, all of a sudden, like, I had access to all of these other artists. And this is, I think, also what helped my 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 vision of, like, what an artist was. I started seeing all these other artists who were making, like, hand letter designs. And so there were two kind of aha moments. And one... Being an artist does not have to mean, you know, you're hoity-toity and you're, you make sculptures and these, you know, million-dollar paintings. It can mean you literally just make hand-lettered drawings and post them on Instagram. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it kind of helped my view of that. But also it made me realize people are literally making money off of making hand-lettered designs. Sure and that's something you can do, which I had no idea. So. Yeah, I'm sure you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is something. I'm into this. Yeah. So I remember, like, in school, it was always, like, it was my thing, like, that I would be the person who would make hand-lettered designs. I would pretty much incorporate it in most of my work. You know how, like, everybody has their thing. Mm-hmm. That was my, my thing. Um, but again, I, I think, I, I, even still, I don't, I don't think I was like, I'm going to be a hand-lettering artist. I think <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be a graphic designer. I like drawing these letters on the side. Yes. You know? That was a side thing for a while then. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I remember, like, I had so many, like, I really thought I was going to start so many different businesses. I was going to start a business um, doing, like, greeting cards, hand-lettered greeting Ooh, cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, like, I bought all the paper. I went to Michael's. I bought, like, cardstock and stuff and printed them out on my little printer. And I was like, this is, is going to be a thing. I'm going to make an Etsy shop. I'm going to sell them. <laughs> yes. It's going to be a business. Um, 
But I, I th- again, I think it, I thought it was always just going to be a side thing where I just made some extra money off of it. Yeah, all right. Not really my my job. Like graphic design was kind of like okay, this will be my main job. Yeah, because yeah. again, like I think that was presented of like that's how you make money. You have to be a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. You have to go work at an office and um, do the whole nine to five, yeah. whatever bullcrap. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I thought that's just what you do, and I was. I mean, I was excited for it. I was like. I'm going to be a high-powered office worker lady. You know, I was so... Looking forward to it. Yeah, I was like, I, like <laughs> let me tell you, the letdown that I had from thinking that and building that up in my head all throughout like senior year of college, and then when I got that job, literally within the first month, I got so depressed. I was like, this oh, sucks. Oh, no. Yeah, and it was just like, it was the biggest letdown because it, it's... It's like, th- this is the rest of your life. That's what I'm thinking. This is the rest of your life. Yes. You are waking up at six in the morning, mm-hmm. going to this job, being depressed <laughs> for nine hours a day, mm-hmm. coming home and sitting your butt on the couch until you go to sleep. Yeah. Nightmare. Yeah. And some people love that and it works for some people, but absolutely not a nightmare. Yeah. And yeah. I think also, I mean, we come from like our parents' generation, like they worked so hard to get to that place and like, you know everybody like that that's like the ideal that was their ideal yeah so they kind of imprinted that on us and they were like that's what you're striving for and then you get there and you're like this sucks. this is terrible yeah and it's like parents do you really you don't really like this and you're like mom and dad because i'm like my, my parents like that and they of course back then that was like the thing to have so yeah. that was their american dream almost i talked to my mom about that a lot um because my my dad has recently retired but my mom is still working and um, I think if my mom really wanted to, she could she could probably retire and figure really? out a way to make it work if she really had to. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm like, why don't you just retire? <laughs> like she's, I mean, she's literally like two to three years away, not very far. Oh my um, gosh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why don't you just retire? Because she's like, I can tell she's getting to the point where she's dreading going to work. It's not that she doesn't like her job. It's just that it's hard to explain. It's like she's not thriving anymore you know what i mean and i can tell and i'm like well mom like how much is your time worth to you is your time worth to you whatever those three years of salary is going to be like yes that's that is the question right there yeah but she's gonna stick it out yeah and it didn't surprise me to someone that you know of that generation's like oh oh, it's fine yeah you know but to us it's like wait a minute is this really worth my sanity yeah and my happiness and all that and that and I told Andrew Duke about this today, who you you know, because Andrew Duke is he's freelance right now as well. Yeah. And he's the happiest ever. We're actually sitting at Angie DeRose's house too, and she is she's went freelance, I think, last week. And just both of them are just like, nah, this is this is great. Like it's risky, obviously. And obviously you know this too, because you're freelance as well, but it's like this the joy I have now of having my day, controlling my life. Yeah. Is so much more than than clocking in anywhere. Yeah. And my thing is that I okay. One thing I realized when I started working that job is that, I mean, I, I, I have a lot of like mental health issues. I go in and out of depression, anxiety, that kind yeah, of stuff. Absolutely. And there's no room for that when you work in a corporate job. Mm. There's no, you cannot like sleep an extra hour. You can't like, so I, I, I would literally be a zombie for a few weeks at a time while I was there and pretty much get like the bare minimum done and just not talk to anybody. I was just, my, my brain was on autopilot when I was in those zones. Um, and now that I'm freelance, like I, 
if I have to take a day, I just take a day. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah, those times still suck, but I'm in control of it. And I feel a lot better when I can just rest on those days and I get back to normal so much quicker when I'm not forcing myself to just go through the motions of getting, you know, getting through what I had to get through. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, and I want to talk about that. You go into freelance. So can we say who you work for? Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Did you go straight to Pace? So I graduated um, in May from UNCG, and then um, right out of college, Chris Cassidy gave me um, the number of another artist um, who I got a job with, and she was um, originally a sculptor, and she hired me because she was wanting to get into doing some animation, and so um, I was basically like her assistant, and I would just work with her literally just like a few hours a week, um, and we would just create these little animations together. No crap, yeah. Yeah, and it was it was good. It was, like, again, it wasn't like paying the bills or anything, but it looked good on a resume. Um, and then, so during the next few months, I was also looking for other jobs, and... I mean, it's, you know, it's hard when you get out of college, especially finding a job in your field. And so I remember, like, okay, I was like, okay, like, I'm not finding anything. Like, I've had a few interviews, but nothing has stuck. And I finally was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting to the point where, like, I'm running out of money. So I had to <laughs> yeah. start, like, applying just to retail jobs and stuff. I got a job at Anthropology, And then... Oh, um, really? Your feeling center? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I worked um, one day, and then I got the job from Pace. <laughs> Marla, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I literally, I did one shift, and it was like a training shift, too. And, I mean, I remember being, like, so, like, nothing, uh, I mean, there's literally nothing wrong with working in retail, but I felt so down about myself because I was, like, just feeling, like, what is wrong with me where I can't, you know what I mean? Like, I can't yeah. get a job in my field, that kind of thing. And so I was just, like, feeling really down about myself. Literally got, got the job at Pace a day late, later, had to call and be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I got this job. They probably should have like, okay, it's fine. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah, they were as nice as can be. And I, I think, honestly, they were still, like, processing the paperwork and stuff. So they were just like, whatever. It's <laughs> it out. We're good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is I remember, like, Literally, like, two weeks later, like, I had started at Pace and everything, and I got a call from somebody at Anthropology, just, like, one of the workers, and they were like, hey, girl, can you take my shift tomorrow? And I was like, I don't, um, I don't work there. <laughs> she was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I literally think she just, like, looked up on, like, the, like, whatever the roster is or whatever, and she was like, who can take my shift? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Just like, sorry, bruh, not me. Yeah, I was like, um, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. The Free Pizza Podcast is sponsored by Zipster, specializing in custom websites and local design. You don't have to lift a finger to look cool online. Visit Zipster.com and see what they can do for you. Um, yeah, I got the job at Pace, and um, it's funny. So I, I interviewed, and I wanted to interview, and... Um, the job I was interviewing for was, I believe it was for, I can't remember if it was Verizon. Um, there were a few different teams at Pace, and so they were hiring for different things. And I can't, I can't remember. The one I interviewed for, I actually didn't get. Um, but then they called me because I had gotten, there was also another opening, I guess, for a different team. Um, on I, The team I was on was Wells Fargo. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Count, yeah. So I... I got that job and I was a junior designer. I was literally 21 years old. Um, I remember talking wow. to the HR person and they were like, yeah, yeah, you're the youngest, youngest person working here right now. And I was like, huh. 21. <laughs> yeah. It was very weird. It was, um, yeah, it was, 
it was an experience for sure. And like I said, like I got the job and within a month there, I was like, I just felt so out of place. And mm. like, it wasn't, it wasn't the company. It was 100% me where I just, I wasn't prepared, I don't think. Yeah. And again, I think that's something I wish school had prepared me more for. I wish we had classes on like business etiquette, like yes. even like the most simple things, like how to write a professional email, how to like talk to your coworkers, mm-hmm. like things like that. Cause there are things, and even, God, I felt so stupid when I was working there too. Like there are so many uh, like acronyms and things like that, that like people just say and assume you know what they're talking about and I have no idea. Yeah. So I, yeah. you know, I don't want to seem stupid. So I'm just going along with it yeah, and yeah, yeah. hoping I figure it out. Um, and thankfully, like everybody around me was super nice. And I eventually kind of, I got on the swing of things. Um, and it was a tricky situation. It was, uh, <laughs> I've been thinking about how to, how exactly I want to word this. Um, so my first boss and I, we bumped heads. Really? Yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, and there's like, not to say, I, like, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think that we genuinely just were not compatible. Yeah, it, it just happens, especially yeah. with work boss relationship. You know? Yeah, and uh, I and I again, I I think it just like it added to me feeling so isolated. Like I felt like I just didn't have anybody in my corner, and I remember like I kept in my head giving myself dates of like, okay, just work here a year and then you can quit. Mm. Just you know, giving myself permission to quit after a year, and then I, I worked there for a year and then I was like, okay. Just work there till you have this amount of money oh, saved. Oh, you kept up. pushing it out. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, just to like keep myself going. Because I was, I mean, I was being realistic. I was like, okay, if I if I quit this job, I have to have a pocket of money just so that like, I'm yes. not, like I have time to figure things out. And I, I just, I felt, during that whole time, I felt so alone. I felt so, I, one, I felt bad at my job. I felt angry that I was in that situation. But it was mostly, it was all internal. I felt like there was no one I could talk to about it. And I felt really guarded because I had this like really bad relationship with my boss, but I didn't know who to talk to about it. And I remember he had a boss and he was so nice. His boss was so nice and he was so great. And I remember kind of like he would bring me aside and like talk to me and like he would take me out to lunch sometimes. And like in hindsight, I can see now that that was him trying to like reach out his hand to say, I see you're struggling. But at the time I I couldn't see that. I just felt so alone like I felt like no like I couldn't tell anybody because I thought I was in the wrong mm, and yeah. it got really bad we had a few fights and I remember like there were a few really? nights where I, I was like I drove home crying and I would call my mom and like I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do and I remember like there was this situation where um one of my friends had like a medical emergency and um I basically was like you know the whole rule when you're in corporate is you're supposed to ask for a day off two weeks ahead of time yeah yeah. so many like red tape rules or whatever and so I submitted this request and it was only like three days ahead of time because I knew I was going to have to be with my friend for this medical emergency and he got so mad at me and for me I was like that's the last straw that was a Friday I went home I started writing my resignation I was like I'm going to turn this in I go in on Monday and he tells me that he's um he's moving out of state so he's still going to be working with the company, but he's going to be working remotely. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I don't have to see him day to day. Like, I can, I can, I can work with this. And so things got a little better. And and still, it was like, there was just so much like little passive aggressive 
fighting things that we would do all the time where like he would get mad because like I he thought I was going over his head with things but I I didn't see it that way like I, I don't know it was just I think most of it can be chalked up to like miscommunication that kind of mm-hmm. stuff just stupid stupid red tape things um and again i think we just weren't compatible as people i don't think there's anything wrong with him but i think that there's just no chemistry you know what i mean yeah yeah um so anyway yeah so then um there's this big layoff that happens and i'm like oh i'm for sure gonna get laid off oh yeah i'm gone yeah yeah and um i made it somehow and so did he and so then we were talking and I was like, you know, I really thought I was going to go. And he was like, why would you think that? And I was like, you don't understand, you don't know why I would think that? Like, and I think that was when I kind of made it clear to him that like, I felt like things were off between us and like, we had a talk and I, things were a little bit better. And then again, I was getting ready to leave because things, I'm, I'm, I'm still not like happy here. Like every day I'm going into work and I'm feeling like, just I'm just getting through the day I'm just getting through you know I'm just having to force myself to get through each week and so like I knew this is not where I want to be long term so again um, getting ready to leave and then I come into work and find out that he's gone he's like fired yeah wow yeah well I don't know I wouldn't say fired not with a company anymore they parted ways (laughs) yes Uh, yes yes and there was something where like he I don't remember what it was he wanted to um I don't know he wanted to do something um and they said no and so he was like okay well um I guess I'm not gonna work here anymore and they said that's fine perfect yeah (laughs) Um, so you're just like yeah I can't remember what it was because he was already remote so I don't know what they wouldn't let him do yeah yeah um, I don't know, but, um, anyway, so yeah, he was gone. And so I got moved to another team. And then, so when I was being moved to another team, I was talking to one of like the, the bigger higher up people and they were like, yeah, it was, it's pretty clear that you and Kevin weren't, sorry, I didn't mean to say his name, um, that you and this person weren't a good match. Um, so we're going to move you to this team. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, you knew like every, that's when I had that moment where like, I'm like, oh my God. Now, in hindsight, I'm like, I'm so dumb. Obviously, like, when two people don't get along, there's tension. And you can sense it. You You don't even... They don't have to to talk. You can sense it. So I'm like, duh, everybody knew. Like, why did I think I was so alone? I was so in my head. There were so many people I could have talked to, and I never did. So that's one of my regrets. I really should have talked to somebody and advocated for myself. All... I mean, in hindsight, knowing everybody now, all I had to do was say, like, you know, there's... Like, there's a lot of tension between, between me and this person. Would it be possible to be moved to another team? Yeah. That's all I had to say, I and mean, um, they would have accommodated. But anyway, um, you live and you learn. <laughs> so anyway, Absolutely. I was, I was uh, moved to another team. I had a new boss, and she's female. And I'm going to be honest, I typically get along better with women than men. I just am Fair a lot enough. more trusting of women. And I think women in general know how to speak to each other in a way that like men, especially in positions of power tend to talk down to women exactly where women don't do that as often Mm -hmm. so right off the bat we're getting along so much better and even i mean over the next year i mean it took me a long time but i finally started like letting my guard down and all this time i'm around all these people and i'm being friendly with people but i definitely had my guard up and i wasn't wanting to like make friends with people Mm -hmm. so after he's gone and i have this new boss and things are going better and i'm on a different team I'm like starting to make friends at work and like, oh, oh my, yeah. it's like wild how different things were. 
it was still hard for me and I was still like, I still went through those times where I was like, God, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Um, and so I still, I, I would like, I had a timer set on my work computer where I was like, I set it to a day and it was a countdown. And so it was like on this day, I allow myself, I'll let, give myself permission to quit the job. Really? Yeah. And, uh, so I got to that day and then I didn't quit cause I was like, Oh yeah. I'm doing okay. So could, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and during this time, like I kept like, I kept, um, I got a few promotions and I got a few raises. And so I was like, well, I might as well keep working so I can yeah. make, make, make money. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, <laughs> I might as well make that money that I just got a raise for, you know? Mm-hmm. So I kept like finding reasons to stay. Um, and then during that last year, I think I was really starting to thrive. I was like, finally getting my footing. I can't believe it took that long, but I was about to say, yeah, yeah, that's four years. That was three years. Three years. Okay. Yeah. Three years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that last year I really started to thrive. I had gotten another promotion. So now I was an art director. I had a little more say and things yeah. that were happening and I was given projects that I was allowed to run. And, um, I was also given an, an intern. I had a few interns during my time. Oh, nice. And that's when I realized that like, kind of seeing pace through her eyes and being reminded of like where I started, it really helped me get perspective of like everything around me. And it really made me like want her experience to be as good as possible. You know what I mean? And like, I think I learned a lot the hard way. (laughs) So I wanted her (laughs) to learn the easy way. So we really had a good relationship. I, I loved, I was really open with her about everything and tried to help her out with everything that I know I struggled with and that like I had trouble understanding coming in so that like she never had to feel stupid or alone or whatever um so yeah that last year was really great and then it got to the point where I was coming into work and I was like this is fine like I'm not like going through the day wanting to go home or just waiting to for the weekend like I I genuinely enjoyed coming in and I genuinely enjoyed seeing my friends and I had a great relationship with my boss she like it all turned out fine and then I then I realized that like even though everything is going great I still want to quit yeah I just don't this is not it yeah yeah like I was even though I like I would say I was doing great but maybe I wasn't I wasn't thriving as a person you know what I mean Yeah. yeah um so I gave myself a date to quit another date yeah that's how I work. I, I give myself yeah. these short-term little girl goals, and I'm like, okay, you just got to get there. I do yeah. that when I work out, too. Like, I'm like, all right, just, like, five minutes. Like, you got this. You can do five minutes. Five minutes is nothing. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm negative five minutes, and it's like, well, it's another five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not bad to set goals like that, and you yeah. keep pushing yourself a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I set another date for myself, and um, this time I was actually – I was had to take a long weekend off for a wedding, so I was like, you know what? It was – Actually, like the day before the date, I was going to tell her, but I was like, I'm just going to tell her now because I'm going to be gone all weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so I told my boss and she was very sad because mm. I, I feel like me and her were really getting a rapport down and we, um, I don't know, I, my personality in general is very like, what's the word for this? What's a nicer word for bossy? I don't know. Like, um... I don't say I guess it's not a positive word. Um, I don't know. Yeah, for lack of a better word, I'm a very bossy person. I like yeah. I like having things in order, and I like 
you know, I like making sure things are going the way they're supposed to go. And my boss, she really liked that about me because creatives in general are very wishy-washy. Yes. And so we are. (laughs) She she just loved. It was like almost like I was like her 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 backup or like her little mini me, where like I would keep things on track. So anyway, she was she was sad to see me go, and it's hard to explain. It was like after feeling so. God, this is me being so emo and like dramatic. After feeling so unwanted by my first boss, to then feel like me leaving was making so much of an impact on my second boss, mm. it just felt like like it, that was exactly what I needed in terms of closure. Or like I felt like I grew so much as a person from me being a dumb dumb going into that company knowing nothing and yeah. not knowing literally the basics of like how to write an email how to talk to people yeah and having such a rough start to really getting to a place where i was doing really well and having good ideas and being so much more appreciated i don't know it just felt great it's awesome because to learn that in three years within the same company is pretty badass you know yeah i would have thought i thought you were left for the first boss but it's cool that you got to see the other side of that in in the corporation the the good parts of a corporation and the thing is i mean even though those that first year especially uh was really rough like really really rough i i'm so glad i stayed because i learned so much while i was there like i got so much hands-on experience especially in that last year Mm -hmm. like getting to work in studios and working with contractors Mm mm-hmm working a lot on social media, which now, because I work so much in social media, um, and working, basically, like, now I'm the person that gets contracted out. Oh, yes. So it's an interesting perspective, because I've been on both sides of it now, so I know exactly what's going on when they're emailing me, you know what I mean? And I know exactly, like, all of the little things that they're saying and doing, so I, I don't know, it just helps me get a better perspective. I'm... And, yeah, I'm just so glad I stayed. Yeah, it's cool because, I mean, yeah, you can take something from anything, you know, even a crappy corporation job or a crappy retail job. Yeah. Something to learn and something to take and look at you now. Like, that's, that's one of those skills that are, are helping you. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe that's a, a little a prerequisite for what you're doing now, for sure. Yeah, and I also, I, I want to mention that, like, I keep saying that those first few years are rough. I was also extremely, extremely grateful that I was even able to be there because I know that like so many people were not so fortunate to get a job in their field especially in the arts field very true that's very hard it was a weird place because I was feeling like one I was so happy and then I also felt like I was so undeserving because I'm not taking full like I'm not taking it for granted that I'm in like I'm privileged enough to be able to do this you know what I mean It, it was such a weird place to be in where I felt like I don't deserve to be here because I'm not I'm not thriving here i'm not doing my best here it was i don't know it's hard to explain but i'm not all of this is not to say that like i was definitely not an ungrateful that i was there it was more that i felt like i wasn't good enough to be there right oh wow yeah 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 that's insane that's that's a and and i guess people who don't know what that pace is is a is is a Content marketing. Yeah, yeah, not advertising firm, but content yeah. marketing. Okay, yes, and y'all have some humongous accounts and yeah, you know, yeah, all that. So then Jen worked there. That's how. That's how you met, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's wild. Good yeah. times. Jen, Jen is um, such a 
interesting person like <laughs> yes when I, I remember being so intimidated by her literally i don't think i talked to her for the first two years i worked there yes. because when i first worked there um she was on the team that i was originally interviewing for i didn't get that job and then so i always like i always knew of her like i saw her around i thought she looked cool because she was very stylish <laughs> yes absolutely yeah absolutely uh and then i you know, but i never really talked to her and then um Jen kind of left and came back a few times. And then um, when she came back the last time, she was on my team. So we started working together. And I was, I don't know why, but you know how, like, you have this these expectations of, like, what somebody is like in your head? Mm-hmm. And then when you meet them, and they're so different, it's just, like, it's mind-blowing. She is the kindest, most, like, intelligent and insightful mm-hmm. person that I, I have met in a long time. Like, she is, she is a very genuine person and um, very, I don't know. Yeah. Pretty funny. That's amazing. I have that same, uh, this is a very side uh, of this conversation about Jen Hasty. We, <laughs> we shared a kind of the same thing about her first um, impressions of Jen. Uh, I met her in college and she was on Amplified Magazine and I kind of had to, my friend told her about me because I was a photographer and went look, looking for work. And um, I saw her all the time in the gym and stuff, but she, I had the same thing. I was just like, oh my God, it's intimidating, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Then I she finally. Has that look, right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I finally gave her, sent her a message on um, um, Facebook Messenger. She's like, oh, yeah, come to a meeting. We're good. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> this is, you're a lot cooler than, I mean, you're, you're, you're a lot nicer than I thought you might be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it's crazy how that works. Yeah. This is just a Jen Hasty appreciation. Yeah, corner. Jen Hasty appreciation because I've gotten <laughs> so many opportunities with her. Anyways, back to you. Um, ended up leaving. Yes. And uh, did you know you wanted to do freelance or did you have... Yeah. The point, the the goal was always to just work for myself. I had actually, I started an LLC under my own name um, a few months prior to leaving. So like I was, I was set up. I was ready to go. Oh, you were ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I left, um, the first thing I did was uh, leave the country. (laughs) I went to, went to Italy. (laughs) Yes. Gave myself just like a break from... Um, the world or my world, um, and it was a good. It was a good way to just like add closure to an era of my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Chapter done. Yeah. yeah. So we went to Italy and Greece for a week, and it was great. It was lovely. And I got back, and I just kind of started up, and it was kind of that weird thing where like, um, it reminds me of the Office. Um, <laughs> Michael Scott leaving, and he starts Michael Scott Scott Paper Company. And do you watch The Office or am I? I? I hate The Office. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, Much I'm... love to you, Marley, though. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, tell us about, I'll, tell I'll, about I'll it. I'll summarize. Yeah, so summarize Michael, it. Summarize Michael it. Scott leaves. He starts Michael Scott Paper Company. And then he realizes he's like, okay. Like he, the first day, he's in his bathrobe and he just starts like making a million waffles because it's like, you're like, what do I do? Yeah. You like, you pictured this moment for so long and now you're here and it's like, oh shit. Like, how do I, what's the first step here? And so I remember. I just kind of kept doing what I normally did. I kept just, I started making things on Instagram, posting them more, really paying attention to like my social media um, content. At the time, I remember like my goal, my goal was, I I had like literally had like 500 followers on Instagram. My goal was to um, get to a thousand followers. I don't think I did. (laughs) I think think it was still pretty low. and so, like, I mean, it was only two months out of the, out of that year left. So I literally, I just did um, a few things here and there. Like, I had like a logo project. I had, um, I made like little ornaments and stuff, like hand lettered ornaments, just like mm-hmm. little things like that. Just kind of 
getting my way through the year. And I also like didn't have a lot of, I wasn't putting a lot of pressure on myself. Like I had money saved up and I was like, if I make no money for one year, that was my goal. If I make no money for one year, I have enough money to live and that's fine. Heck yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I wasn't putting a lot of pressure on myself. I took like a full two weeks off for the holidays. Like I was really giving myself the treatment that like I always wanted to have when I was at a corporate company, but typically you don't get. Absolutely um, not. Yeah, so I, I took it easy on myself. And it, it was scary. I remember like thinking like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I also, I mean, that was the time when like I remember being so overwhelmed with like the support I was getting from everybody Mm -hmm. because those first few months literally all my projects were just from people that I know that were like oh my cousin is looking for a logo or oh you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like people all rallied to help me out and it was so great and so I got a few kind of bigger jobs working with um, somebody that used to work at Pace so that kind of kept me afloat for a little bit and then um, I remember so that was in October that I left I remember it was Thanksgiving I uh, was with my family, and I was talking to my cousin, Zoe, who is 16, and... Shout out to Zoe. Yeah. Hi, Zoe. I don't think you're going to listen to this, <laughs> but um, I remember I was like, hey, while you, I have you here, I wanted to ask you something. Like, what is TikTok? And because I, like, it was not like I had heard of it, and it, like, I, but at yeah. the time, it was that thing where, like, TikTok, I, in my head, TikTok was like, kids are just lip syncing and oh yeah the music yeah it was basically musically yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um i think at that point it had started to shift away from it but i didn't really understand it and so she was just like showing me like she was scrolling through her page and just showing me all of like her friends and dancing around and stuff and i was like i remember being like how do i use this as an artist and i remember like i asked her i was like um so like do you think you use tiktok more or snapchat more and she was like oh tiktok for sure nobody uses snapchat and i was like what about TikTok versus Instagram? And she was like, oh, I haven't opened Instagram in a year. <laughs> Nobody yeah. uses that. And I was like, oh. So that's when I really, it clicked. Like, oh, I got to get on TikTok because Instagram is like apparently old news. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I started making videos on TikTok. And like my first, I remember my first videos. It's just like, like when you first get Instagram, like when that first came around and everybody was like, ooh, filters. And like, you know what I mean? Like you play with all the settings and overdo it. I did that with TikTok too. Like I did all like the filters and all the transitions that you that are built into the app. So my first videos are cringy for sure. I need to go watch it. I don't yeah, they're still up. I mean, they're. I'm, I'm going to leave them up because just because it's to. like, yeah. I think it's fun to like, especially I love going on like artist page and scrolling all the way down just to like see where they came from. Yeah. And it's like, you sucked just like me. <laughs> and everyone, and I don't know our artists who will go and archive some of those. Oh, it was like, dude, yeah. why? No, you I just got to be transparent fun. about it. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody starts somewhere. Oh my goodness. So you went to TikTok. Then we discussed this before we started the interview that that kind of really like, pushed you the engagement everything up for you right yeah yeah, yeah even the cringy videos like nope. yeah and so tiktok tick i'll say i'll say tiktok is funny so the first few videos i remember it was like you 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 base it more off of views than you do likes so i was looking at my videos and i would get like 84 views and i was like wow 84 views that's a lot that's of, pretty good hey that's a lot yeah and then i remember one of my videos got like 238 views and i was like oh my god best designer yeah and then the more i'm on tiktok i kind of realized that like tiktok is not the same as instagram and 238 views is like 
negative five views on, <laughs> on Instagram. It's nothing. Right. It is so small. Um, but I just kind of kept posting stuff and just kind of learning, um, learning the language, like how to, how to use TikTok in a way that works within their, like, it's hard to explain, but TikTok has its own culture. Yeah, it does. It does. It's, and it's hard to explain, especially to people who don't have TikTok, because there are so many jokes that originated on TikTok and they have just like spiraled into this weird abstract thing that doesn't make sense anywhere other than TikTok. But I was also paying attention to um, like storytelling because that's another big thing on TikTok. It's how do you tell a story within 60 seconds and keep people's attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so I kind of worked on that a little bit. And then I had a few videos really take off. And like my first big one, it was like 300,000 views. And for me, that was like, oh my. God, that that was crazy and like Holy moly. it was um this sign that i painted for Augustino gusto which is a bakery in greensboro um and i literally i was just like here's how i painted this mural and i just showed like okay i designed it in adobe illustrator and i sent them these two concepts and they chose this one and then here's how i installed it you know what i mean and oh it got God. a lot of views and like that's when i was like ooh, okay this is something cool like i you know i that i really started feeling it after that so I kind of, um, it took me a little bit to find my voice, but I just kind of posted as an artist, um, different projects I was working on. And then I remember like, I really just started taking it seriously and for TikTok, you're supposed to post every single day, which really, yeah, I find that to be a lot easier than Instagram for some reason, because TikTok, the good thing about TikTok, I think why, why I like it so much and why everybody likes it so much is that Instagram has turned into this like curated <laughs> nightmare where like so true everybody is so concerned i mean and i'm not gonna say like act like i'm not part of this group but everybody is so concerned of like what their grid looks like everything has to look like aesthetic and visually pleasing that kind of thing and tiktok it does not matter production value does not matter yeah it it seriously doesn't like it and so that's the thing it's just so much easier to do when you don't have to worry about making everything beautiful yeah as long as it's either funny or educational or has, That's what I keep hearing. Yeah, as like has some kind of value like that, it doesn't matter. Like it will probably do well. That's badass. Yeah. So um, then I remember, like I was like, oh, I don't have anything to post today, and um, I was working on, um, like I wanted to paint an arch in my room, and I was like, this is kind of like art, even though it's not. It's not really art. It's just kind of me painting an arch, and I just posted a video. Here's how to paint the perfect arch in your bedroom. <laughs> Really? Yeah, and it got seven million views. The perfect arch. You mean like a? Literally, just like almost like a rainbow shape, but just it's all filled in one color. Yeah. How many views? Seven million. Seven million. Yeah. That's were you just? I mean, did you expect that? The Free Pizza Podcast is proudly sponsored by Lucky House MFG. Lucky House is an eco-friendly screen printing and design studio with over ten years of experience in the industry. They offer high-quality custom printing services, including apparel printing, graphic design, promo goods, and embroidery. Visit www.luckyhousemfg.com to get a quote and to learn more. No. And I remember the first day I was sitting there and I was like, I, you, can, you can see basically like the way that TikTok shows your videos to people is it shows it to a small pool of people, maybe 200 people. Uh-huh. And then if it performs well with them, meaning um, they're re-watching it or they're sharing it, 
then it purpo- it shows it to maybe a thousand people. So it is the engagement just goes crazy as more and more people yeah. share. And- so I can you can see I could I could physically see because it would be like like within thirty minutes I was like oh wow it has a thousand views that's pretty good and then within the next 30 minutes it was up to like 10,000 I was like oh my god and then so it it takes a little bit of time for it to pick up speed so then it was like two hours later it was like I was kind of looking at my phone and every time I would refresh it TikTok only shows up to 99 notifications so I would refresh it and it would say 99 plus refresh it 99 plus I was like what is happening what it's crazy yeah it is I mean it and that was my first lesson in um the harsh world of TikTok because, I mean, I'll say 80% of people, 80% of people were extremely nice. Oh, yeah. Had great things to say. Yeah. But that's when I learned that TikTok is not like Instagram. TikTok people, there's um, a lack of etiquette, I would say. Really? It's just probably very loose and very, yeah. I'm sure, very harsh as far as people giving you criticism or negative. And even, even when people are nice, it's like... I think we grew up with like Facebook and Instagram and we, we learned that like the way you talk to somebody is like, okay, say, say they post a piece of art and you have a question about it. You say, wow, that's so cool. How did you get your lines so crisp or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you start off and you say something nice and then you ask your question. People just, even if they're being nice, people are like, why do you choose that color? What color is that? Like, it, it's like... That, and that's, like, the nice side of things, whereas a lot of people, like, literally, the t- one of my, the top liked comment on my post with, like, 40,000 likes was, like, something like, this is so ugly or something like that. And I was, like, oh, my God. So it, it was, like, a harsh reaction. Oh, and I forgot about this. So part of the reason why it got so many views is because at the end of the video, I go and like and follow for more artsy-fartsy stuff. Just because I was, you know, I'm awkward. I'm bad at voiceovers. And... <laughs> yeah. I love that. People, like, I guess, like, people in the younger generation had never heard that phrase. And people were like, did she just say artsy See, fartsy? <laughs> and, like, so many people were like, so many of the comments were about that. And I was like, yeah, did you, you guys have never heard that? So then in my next video, I just was like, I did another, like, home decor kind of thing. And I was like, in the voiceover, I was like, apparently a lot of people think that artsy fartsy is a weird thing it's to weird, say yeah. but i'm just gonna lean into it i so i like started hashtagging all my stuff artsy fartsy and now still to this day people will call me the artsy fartsy girl <laughs> yo that's hilarious and it kind of goes to obviously we heard that growing up but you have different generations on those apps yeah it's like where did that come from yeah and it's so you funny know? like the differences between the generations and like just how how they talk and like how they communicate with each other and it's funny because I think a lot of the stereotypes about millennials are true. And the biggest thing they that are very true is that we are very, we're all, we all need validation. Yeah. And so part of that, because of that, we all need like to feel like we're being nice and happy. So we, we use a lot of like exclamation points when we type out things. So now if somebody like ends things in a period or just like without punctuation, <laughs> yes. it, I'm like, what's mad? wrong? Like, yeah. It's like, no. Or if they don't end something at LOL, I literally type LOL after every single text I write because I don't want to seem hostile. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had to learn to not do that and only yeah. because I got called out on it. So I mean, I was like, Hey, you're being serious. Don't be LOL. I mean, it's, I get what you're doing to kind of soften the blow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It seems but, harsh. But it's just like, nah, sometimes you just need to be that direct. Yeah. So yeah. apparently Gen Z, they don't use punctuation and they don't use caps. Yeah. It's all lowercase, no punctuation. And then, I don't know. I, I think it's, it to me, that reads this like deadpan. Like, 
almost like monotone. Yeah, because you kind of you kind of read it as if you were seeing them say it. Yeah, and it's just like, are you good? But that's not how they're saying it. They're saying it like just regular. I yeah, guess. it's just like I'm just saying it to you. It's like when uh, when there's a whole that whole thing about like boomers using. Dot, dot, dot. The ellipses. Yeah. I'm they all, use it all the time. And even so now, like, my mom does it, my dad does it. And I was like, what are you... Yeah. Is that thought? Like, what are you What are you doing? Yeah. There's like, no, nah, I was just telling you. I was like, okay. Yeah. Speaking of the exclamation point things, uh, I recently, I've been really um, conscious of it because I think women in general do it, especially in emails, because we're trying to seem like happy and friendly yeah. and that way we yeah. don't seem like a bitch you know what i mean so because <laughs> that happens too often with women yeah you know, being so sounding bitchy now what i do is i write my email and then i go back in to edit it and i just take out all the exclamation points just because i'm like you don't have to do that marley like yeah they're not gonna think you're a mean bad person just like who cares yeah anything overdoing it might be also pretty negative as well so yeah yeah that's wild uh, but yeah, so anyway, um, I embraced the artsy fartsy thing and that became my, my thing, I guess, on TikTok. And so now, I don't know, it's kind of like, I've had a few videos go super viral and then there will be like dead zones where I get nothing. So yeah, it, yeah. TikTok's a, a weird, weird place, but I've kind of carved out, I don't, I don't even know if I would call it a niche because it's not very niche. Um, but I started out as like strictly a hand lettering artist on TikTok and now mm-hmm. I'm just kind of a... A maker like I make videos for um, like DIY projects for home projects I still do hand lettering I do murals I do all kinds of stuff um, yeah 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 it's just kind of a creative space on TikTok that's wild it's kind of like it helped you kind of expand that in that to that those different mediums which is which is yeah. obviously a lot of you probably see a lot of that on TikTok it's like oh, okay it's coming kind of, you know inspiring me to do yeah different things like that that's pretty amazing yeah and it all happened pretty naturally too I think I've noticed a lot of, um, especially over the last year with everything going on, I've noticed a lot of hand lettering artists are pivoting out of their fields because of burnout. Um, and so, yes. a, like, one of the biggest hand lettering artists I know, um, Lauren Hom, she made an announcement that next year she's going to dial way back on her hand lettering work and go to um, culinary school. Awesome. Yeah, like, That's so cool. many people are just, like, making these big shifts because of burnout, and I'm like... And they have to like make a big announcement about it. And I'm like, I never had that experience. I, mine just naturally shifted. Like I had this opportunity and I just leaned into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I like that. I like that that happened and I didn't have to st- like stay within my lines. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's one of the pros of being freelance is having your, having control of your life is that you can pivot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, totally. without answering or asking anybody, you yeah. know, and it can only be usually, you know, a positive situation when you, you know, had the time to do that. So yeah, that's badass. Yeah. So is that when you started using food? Cause I know um, as far as lettering and all that stuff. I, so I've, I'm trying to remember, I, I know I did a little bit of work with food in college and it was like the lamest project ever. <laughs> I, it was, I literally just like, uh, Made every letter of the alphabet, and I just made it out of food. Nice. And different like, things you can find. Yeah, like K is for kale, so it was made of kale, oh, things like that. Yeah. But it, I mean, looking at it, it was so bad, and everybody like I realized later that every at least one kid every year did that same exact thing. So it wasn't a, a unique idea, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then so I I kind of I don't know what made me get back into it later. Um, it was kind of during my Instagram era where I was still trying to grow my Instagram, um, that I started 
making like food lettering pieces and literally just like making it was, it was usually like kind of punny things yeah you know kind yeah. of dumb little things and i made them out of food and then they would get some attention so i still like to do it every now and again it just it seemed like a natural application of my art just because i like to kind of com- combine my interests so i like food and i like <laughs> letters yeah. so it just yeah. seemed like the right thing to do and it, it i mean it had um it's something that is that that is definitely a very niche um art form that not a lot of people do right, right. so i don't i've hardly ever seen there is cool. there's one big artist that i know that does it um becca clay's on and so once i found her work that really kind of introduced me to oh yeah this is another form of art so i'm definitely not the first person to do it i did not invent it um but i like to do it yeah yeah, yeah. do you and being definitely freelance i was in being an artist and obviously there's millions of artists did that ever discourage you or does it currently discourage you that you know you kind of it's you against the whole world like does that play a factor in a factor in you creating i think very early on like when i was in college i definitely felt that and i also felt that because i didn't I hadn't developed my voice. Mm, and so mm-hmm. I was like, well, what's so special about me? Because <laughs> there's, and especially now because there are like so many lettering artists. Lettering has taken, has had a huge boom in the art community. Yeah, there's yeah. so many of us now. So I, at first I was definitely feeling that. But now that I de- I've developed my own voice, um, I, I don't feel that. And I, I, even so much that like, some people have asked me like why I'm so quick to, share like share all of my my secrets (laughs) not that anything's really a secret i'm very open about like all of my my supplies all of my techniques and everything um and i'm happy to share everything i know and that's because it's not it's not the technique and it's not the um the supplies that make your art what it is it's your style and it's your voice and nobody nobody's going to be able to recreate my work in the way that i can yeah you know so i, I feel no no insecurity in that and in sharing my my information and what i know i'm glad you said that because there are a lot of gatekeepers in this in this industry yeah you know yeah. tons who would not share that knowledge and and the thing is every like you said before not everything's it's 100 original Right. You know, so it's just like, there's no point in you doing that. You're actually probably helping yourself if you do share your knowledge yeah. and build community. Yeah. You know, instead of competition, which is so dumb. There's this big, um, uh, I don't know what you would call it, kind of a movement in the hand lettering community in the last five-ish years um, called Community Over Competition. And that's the whole point. It's, yes. We're all just sharing that. what we know with each other mm-hmm. because just because you're sharing what you know and helping other people to get jobs that is not taking any jobs away from you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. plenty of work to go around for all of us. Like there are so many companies looking all, all looking for this, this skill set, and it only hurts us to hide information from each other because that means that this person is super undercharging because they don't know how much their worth, their work is worth. So that means that if they ever come to you, that that company is going to be like, well, I can get it for cheaper over here. Exactly. So when we all talk to each other and all communicate, especially with pricing and things like that, oh, um, yes. it helps all of us. <laughs> Big issue. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah. How is it working with these? Because then you do the local, was it local honey? Uh-huh. Okay, you work with Lash and Blade and Winston. You have big accounts on Michaels and all that. Yeah. First of all, how are you marketing? How do you how are you able to get those clients? And how is it? You know, what's your process of creating that it is work for clients? One hundred percent social media. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, especially early on, I put so much effort into creating social media content and um, building building my brand and. Um, just making sure my voice was known, like and, and very clear 
Um, and especially on TikTok, it helps a lot because um, on TikTok, I'm, I'm not as scared to show my face and do voiceovers because let's be like, to be honest, that stuff is so embarrassing. Yeah. It's so <laughs> yes, embarrassing. It is. And it, for no reason. I yeah. mean, it's just we all get insecure when we hear our own voices. And and so when I got on TikTok, I was like, well, nobody follows me on here. So mm-hmm. who cares? Like, it's, it was a good time to experiment. And so, um, yeah, especially with things like that, because that's what brands are looking for. The thing is, people get advertised to... 24-7. Yeah. Anywhere you go, there's a million advertisements. And so we've gotten so used to our brains just automatically block it out and we don't see it anymore. We're so immune to it. So there's this trend now with, um, you know, influencer marketing. That is, it makes such a big difference because if we follow somebody for years and years and they're telling us, you know, whatever, this is my favorite type of paint that I use and it works every time, we're so much more likely to trust them than like some commercial that we see. Very true. Because we're just so immune to the commercials. So like influencer marketing is such a big thing. And I'm so glad that like, it seems like more and more companies are starting to realize the value in using artists as their influencers. Yes. Um, And I've been, I've been working with companies that, I mean, I started off with Michaels and obviously that's a good fit because I'm a crafty person. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, random companies. Like, I worked a, with a water bottle company. Like, there's no limit to the types of companies you can work with. Like, if, if they see, if you can pitch yourself as the right person to market for them. Like, there's always a way to make cool and interesting and creative content for a company, no matter what type of company they are. Yeah. 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 That's badass. And it's, and it's cool that you work on with different companies in different, I guess, levels i mean yeah. michael's is massive yeah but then it's cool to see you work with people who are very local yeah you know very you're very versatile so that's 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 amazing yeah i mean and i <laughs> i don't think i will ever get to the point where every time i get an email from a company no matter how big they are i, I go through this thing where i'm like so shocked i'm like they want to work with me like yeah. <laughs> and even yeah like even the smaller companies and the local companies i just i get so excited that like somebody was like we need this art thing done who should we hire and the the name that comes to their brain is my name like that will never get old to me you know yeah 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 that's amazing i mean obviously and then at that point you have a good uh, rapport with uh, different companies and word of mouth is a thing and then you're constantly getting you know hit up yeah 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 i just i can't stress enough how much social media is beneficial for um for artists i mean yeah. it's it's a life changer <laughs> yeah and obviously we, you also have an amazing personality so i'm sure that also helps as well you know I, I that's the thing i feel like i and this is not me being humble this this is me being completely just realistic i am not one of those people who is magnetic you know what i mean i'm not one of those people who is sparkly and people are just naturally drawn to because they're and you, you know that type of person yeah, like you know I that do. person who like i do i do every time you see them you're like it's gonna be a good time like they're the best I hang- like i'm not that person and i fully understand that i'm but i i i think everybody can find a way to play off their strengths so even though i'm not that person i understand how to find a story out of something out of something mundane and tell it like I understand how to make something that is nothing and make it into art that I can make a video about yeah you know what I mean like yeah. so I think even if you're not the it girl or the person the the cool person th- there's always something you can market about yourself that is extremely likable and will be coveted by 
brands or people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's cool that you're, it's, you're very true to who you are on social media, which is really cool. Yeah. It's kind of hard. This very, it's, it's crazy how uncommon that is. Like you'll meet an influencer and meet an artist. I've met plenty of doing this podcast where it's like, you're not at all like you are on social media. It kinda, yeah. It's kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I completely understand that. And especially like, God, I, I, I follow a few influencers that I'm like, just cringe like <laughs> it's like it's so uncomfortable because you can tell they're trying to be somebody mm. that they're not they're trying to portray their, themselves as somebody that they're not yeah and it, that it, it, it's just so weird to me why I, I guess I don't understand why but yeah. I, I, I at the same time I mean I do I get it like I so where we grew up in we grew up in the world of people being um, I guess I don't know. I want. I say fake. I hate to say fake. Say fake because what, what, you know, celebrities and like the people. Yeah. Go, you know, you gotta be like this. It's inauthentic. Is like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. People yeah. being so artificial. You know, it may, it doesn't make money though. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing. It's interesting. I think about this a lot. How um, I think social media. It's it's known for its inauthentic inauthenticity in the way that people edit their photos they edit their body they edit their yes. face and that they edit literally everything about them visually and now it's permeated into they're editing their personality because now you know we're you know you're obligated to go on stories and talk about things on you know what i mean so now you have to show your face more often and you have to actually show your personality and people are editing that too they're trying to they're almost acting they're playing a character yes exactly in their own lives yeah and yeah. it's like where does it stop man like yeah, it's it's so weird. Like why I I promise you whoever you are is way more interesting than whoever you're trying to be. So much cooler. Yeah. Cuz the thing is uh, and people just trying to be something you, you try to become something you're not so much that you kind of you end up being just like everyone else. Yeah. You don't really you know you're not standing out. You're not special anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, if you're out there, this is my advice from both of us, stop. Just be yeah. yourself, you know what I'm saying? Cuz that, that has to be dreadful to go home and be like, "Man, my my fans like this person. That's not who I am at all. You know what I'm saying? That that has to be. That's terrible. Yeah. Do you want your dream to be featured on our podcast? Do you have a recurring dream that drives you wild? A sex dream that leaves you feeling dirty? A nightmare that makes you feel guilty? Head over to www.wildestdreamspodcast.com and click the submit tab. Once you're there, fill out our form and submit your dream as text. Prefer to send audio? You can always drop us a line at our email, submit at wildestdreamspodcast.com. Each week, we'll feature one dream that we will try our damnedest to decipher. It's listeners like you that keep our dream alive. So, One thing that's been on my mind a lot recently is um, I've been thinking a lot about like identity, like how we hang our identity on things and... It, it varies from person to person. I think some people tend to hang their identity on their friends. Some people hang it on their partner. Some Ooh. people hang it on their occupation. Yes. And it, it's not, like, I, I'll admit that I've done that a lot for myself. Like, I used to hang my identity on the fact that I'm an artist. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. Like, but it's hard to explain. If I were to just one day go blind... And I, yeah. it was all taken away from me. If, mm -hmm. or, you know, God forbid, if your partner was passed away and it was taken away from you, mm. would you have an identity crisis if that thing was taken away from you? Yeah. If so, you're probably hanging your idea, identity on that thing too much. You yes. know what I mean? So I've been working on like trying to set those healthy boundaries with myself and mm -hmm. like, 
yes, I am an artist, but I am also so many other things. You know what I mean? Like, that is not who I am. That is what I do. Right. Right. The biggest part about artists is, yes, separating yourself from the art. Obviously, it's a passion, but you got to have, like, it's two different entities. Yeah. You know, say right now, like, you're you're a Molly mode. I'm just hanging out. I'm chilling. But then you have a mode you go into when you're creating, um, which is very hard to do when you're freelance. Yeah. It has to be hard to do. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, especially, I mean, especially right now when like you don't really see people very often, you know what I mean? And like, I, I personally have taken a lot of time over the last year to really just think about that and like, think about like who I am and who I want to be and that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I think that's when I realized that like, I really was (laughs) internalizing the label of artist to myself to the point where I was thinking about, yeah, if, if, you know, if I go blind or for whatever reason I could never do art again in my life, I would for sure have a crisis of identity. Yeah. Like I would, and I wouldn't know what to do with myself. And I think that's unhealthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that's a good conversation. Yeah. Um, so I always see what you do online, your TikToks and all that, but what is a day in life for you? You know, what's your day to day? Like, what do you, what, 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 what do you do? Okay. Uh, so recently it kind of it it varies depending on what stage of my life i'm in and what season it's in but okay so recently i'd say i wake up at eight Mm, and lie in bed until (laughs) like 8 30 sometimes nearly 8 30 sometimes nine and then i sit on the couch And I just, I drink coffee and I, that I take literally, I just sit there for an hour, like, and just kind of chill. Yes, That's like they my, started. Yeah. And then from, from then it's kind of, I mean, it's totally up in the air depending on what's going on. My days are so different, but yeah, usually I'll start with, um, answering emails. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there, there are some days where I, I, I'll go a few days without answering emails just because I want to focus on just production and just yeah. kind of just making everything I need to make, um, like I said, it kind of it, it all depends on what I have going on that week. If I'm working on a logo, then I'm probably sitting in front of the computer all day. Yeah. Um, recently, I've been working on a lot more with my hands, doing um, more like video projects and stuff like that. So I've been taking a few days at a time to just shoot all day, like shoot a bunch of content in one day. Oh, nice. Yeah. And edit that. And um, I usually, we try to, like I try to... Um, incorporate other things into my day so like i'll go for walks and stuff to break up my day mm-hmm. um i've got really into baking so i'll bake a loaf of bread or something like that just yeah, something to like i know that's my big thing this year in quarantine yeah. is baking bread it's yes. been a lot of fun um and then i kind of i typically work until like six so it's not like a full full day of work like it's yeah. definitely not it's like broken a, up into different things yeah. yeah and then um i'll cook dinner and then usually go for a walk, have like an end of day, just outdoor yeah, experience. Yeah, decompress, yeah. And then uh, my, my recent thing that me and my partner have been doing is every night from like 7 until 10, we uh, play Mario. <laughs> really? Like on yeah. Switch or something? Yeah, so we've gotten, we've literally gone, gotten all of the games, from our, all the Mario games on Switch. And we've beaten pretty much all of them. So Yo, that's dope. I know. So now we, we're just replaying some of them. I need more. Like, I, I want more games to go. Oh on. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So he's a big gamer. And I'm, I'm not as big of a gamer, but Mario is like what I grew up with. So that's the one that I can like really get down with. Um, I love that. Yeah. And so that's what we do every night. And then we go to bed. That's badass. That seems like a very chill day. Yeah. I love that. When you mentioned answering emails and stuff like that, obviously you get bombarded by emails and um, inquiries all the time. How do you stay organized? Like, what tools are you using? Uh, 
<laughs> I don't stay super organized. I'm, I'm bad about emails. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because I don't really have a system, I just kind of have to remember like who I reached out to and yeah. you know who I've been emailing. Um, and I, I, just, I mean, I use Gmail for that and Gmail use, <laughs> just gives me reminders like, you haven't reached out to this person in five oh, days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not great about emails because I, I especially don't do emails every day. Mm-hmm. I try to like set up boundaries with that. Um, and then I use HoneyBook for uh, booking and invoicing and I've everything. I've heard about HoneyBook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just use um, like a Google Sheets thing to, to keep track of all my like revenue and expenses and everything. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Pretty much it. Like an so kind of thing, but with Google. Yep. Yeah, spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Because I, 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 I'm going to say I, I think you're pretty busy, you know, throughout the days and all that. Maybe not Maybe not as much as I would probably think. Yeah. But, probably not as much as you think. And it, it, my life is like unreal how it goes in these patterns of like being completely dead. Like right now I'm in this kind of amazing place and this is where I love to be. Where all my projects are with clients. So I'm waiting on revisions or whatever mm-hmm. or... Um, like just yeah waiting for responses from people so there's no active work that i have to be doing and I, so every day i'm like oh i can do anything with my day like yeah yes. so ideally i would be working on like content or something like that in those days but the last few days i've been just kind of like doing housework and like kind of just catching up on myself and like you know what i mean like i i feel like there are just so many like human tasks that have to be done to like just be a functional human so i've been catching up on that and it's been really nice that's awesome. Do yeah. you it so it's, obviously you divide your days in different things, but you find it some hard sometimes to have a balance of you like being able to okay, I need to put that away for a couple of weeks or yeah. whatever. Is that is for that hard sure. to do? For sure, yeah. Um, and like I said, my my life is totally full of patterns. Where like I said, right now I'm in a dead zone, and then I'm guessing it's it's coming, and I know what it is. Uh, I'm like keeping track of like where all my projects are. I know they're all going to come back to me on the same day. They are. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, and oh my god, I had this crazy weekend one weekend, and I typically like I used to work all the time on the weekends, and I've been doing it less now. But I did have one week weekend recently that was insane. It was like I don't think I've ever worked that hard. I, I worked like. Every day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I worked like 13, 14 hours a day. Oh my God. And it, but, and then I got it done and then it was like, it was all gone and I was back in the dead zone and it's oh like, how gosh. is this real life? Like, but, I mean, it, it's just part of it. Like I, I, and the thing is when I'm in the middle of th- those zones, I really don't mind it. I don't mind the craziness. It's, it's the stress of like, I hope I get done in time. That part sucks, but right. actually doing the work, I don't mind it. I don't mind working that long. I don't mind. I say, you don't sound like you really, cause obviously you like doing it. Yeah, yeah, for it's, sure. It's a challenge. Every, every client's probably a huge challenge. Yeah, it, and it doesn't feel like I'm working also. You know what I mean? Like, Which is, that is the American dream right there. Yeah. yeah <laughs> to get paid for something like that. I, I can't imagine, like... Actually, I can't imagine, because I will say, back when I worked at Pace, there were days where I had those crazy, crazy, like, high-intensity days, mm-hmm. and that did feel right, like work. Like, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. there's, there's definitely a difference between doing that kind of work and working for yourself and doing things that you like to do. Yeah. And it just so happens that you were hired to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Was it hard? We're almost done here. I'm curious. I know a lot of people who want, want to go freelance, you know, everyone just knows too, but, um, yeah. was it hard figuring out what to price, what to, what to, what to, yes. what's the word I'm trying to say? What to, um, what to charge? What to charge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What to charge and all that. Yeah. And I, that's something I still struggle with. I'm still like, I never really know if it's quite right. And especially mm. like diving into the world of social media and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's, 
even as somebody, like I said, I, I've been on the opposite side of this where I was, when I was at Pace and I was hiring, contracting out other artists and I knew like what I was offering them. So I, I kind of have a ballpark of like what's right. But at the same time, I'm like, I feel like I'm undercharging. One thing I've gotten really into, not really into, but I've been more open about is, especially if, I, if I'm working with a company that I know another artist has worked with, I'll just straight up ask him I'm like hey what did you charge oh really <laughs> yeah I mean because and I'd say it's pretty much always women so in my experience women are always willing to help other women yeah. get paid what we're worth. What worth so um yeah and every time <laughs> they'll tell me and there was one time where I reached out to uh somebody I know and I was like hey I'm working with this company I know you worked with them how much did you charge and she oh my god like she was charging way more than I was charging and I was like oh shit and she was like oh yeah i have an agent you should get an agent they'll help you with that mm. so now I'm, I'm kind of on the lookout because I, I have no idea like how do you get an agent but... wow it's, it's, it was my mind of how i didn't think i'm thinking the agent with like a celebrity like you know a movie star yeah i didn't think like oh artists can have agents which makes sense yeah. agents get them work and and there are different types of agents too yeah. which i'm also learning about it's just it's so interesting like I, I don't even know where to start <laughs> that's a whole different world to me but it, yeah. it does kind of make sense yeah that's the dream right there because the part that I hate most about my job like like I said I'm not good at emails I'm not good at um the person personable yeah <laughs> uh, interactions um I'm good at the work so I would love to just hire somebody to just do that do the other crap email stuff tell me what I need to do yeah take your cut whatever I'm good. Yeah. My mom and I always have this running joke where we joke about it, but I'm serious. <laughs> she's always like, oh, I'll be your momager. And I'm like, for oh. real, like, especially because she's like, you know, wanting to retire. I'm like, you can retire. You make, just make a little, I'm, I'm not going to make you a ton of money, but. <laughs> but as enough for you to yeah. kind of keep you busy. Yeah. You, like, she, exactly. And we work together. That's what she's good at too. So I'm like, why don't you just be my manager and you can <laughs> Answer do emails all the hard stuff. stuff and deal with like the negotiating and the pricing and everything. She's probably and good at it. But that's the thing. She's like, well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about that. But we can learn together. I know. I don't know anything about it either. But I do it every day. So. Jeez. Yeah. You kicking ass. Uh, seemingly from the outside. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I've had the pleasure of, of meeting, of seeing you twice. Took yeah. the time we've kind of ran into each other, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm. I was always. I was. I was impressed by the first meetup when you did it the, on the chalk Thank wall. You. you know what I'm saying? Like, man, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is insane. Just watching it start to finish. So. Thank you. That's sick. Um, so yeah, so where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on, um, Instagram and TikTok. My handle is marley.makes.things. Um, and pretty much everywhere else, if you Google that, you'll find me. Or you can find me on my website, marleysoden.com. Absolutely. Oh, I could have an important question. The future. Do you think you'll kind of still be working out at home? Or do you want a studio one day? Like, do you want a team? I would love to work at home as long as I can. I love working from my house. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've spent a lot, a lot of time really cultivating the right atmosphere in my space, and I really worked hard on it, and I love my, my home. I That being said, I would also love to get to a point where I could maybe hire an assistant or two to help me out. Um, I think that's a long ways away. Yeah. I, you know, I'm still working my way up there, but um, if I ever do, then I would definitely have to pursue some kind of studio so that people aren't required to come to my house and play with my dogs oh yeah <laughs> good stuff and you are for hire right now are you yeah. uh, taking clients yeah okay well yes please hit marley up 
Uh, obviously, I can't answer every single thing in this uh, in one interview. So if you have any additional questions, please hit up on the social medias. I'll link them below. Um, and thank you for doing this. This yeah. is wonderful. No problem. This has been so much fun. I'm like so, you so good? excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Thank you for listening. Subscribe and listen to all other artists because I've interviewed so many. I think you're like 140 something now. Yeah. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, Incredible. Yeah. So later. Bye. The Free Pizza Podcast. We are on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Just go on the Google App Store. Go on everywhere. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, Live Journal, Twitter. We tweet. We'll do smoke sniggles. Whatever y'all need. Thank y'all so much. Have a good night.